Welcome to another edition of Flying Solo, the Mike Golick podcast, under the Golick Family podcast. Sorry in advance, you can find it wherever you can find that podcast. You can find me flying solo, though as usual, I am not flying solo. Why did we think of the name Flying Solo when you're on the, all these podcasts? My wife, Chris, by the way. Well, I mean, it's your thing. I'm just yeah, but I'm not a flying solo until you get if, a permanent if, sidekick. If I was taking flying lessons, which I want to do. And you won't let me. I don't me. want you to. I know you don't. But once I am with the instructor and then I do my test, I'm flying solo, you couldn't be in the plane with me. I have to be alone. You're, you're overthinking this way too much. Shall I should get to move on? Yes, please. All right, let me move on. I'm going to start right in to the important category right off the bat. We're a couple of weeks away from Halloween. People don't screw it up. As a matter of fact, we are eating Halloween candy as we speak. I'm curious to what Halloween's going to look like this year. I, know. I, I don't know what to expect at all. You have to be prepared, but I don't know what it's going to look like. And I haven't seen anybody talking about it. The good thing is, is all the candy you're normally getting out is wrapped already. Right. So, but so, but should you wear gloves to hand them out to make people put people's mind at ease? I don't know. I don't know. And like, is there some protocol as a parent that you should do with the candy when you get it at home? Like, I was wondering, if you put it in the freezer for 24 hours, if there's anything on it, would it would it freeze and die? Or, like... That's interesting. I, I would imagine at some point between, hopefully between now and Halloween, somebody will ask a I, doctor that. I think there'll be you a know? lot of people that ask yes. doctors that. I'm just surprised it hasn't started already. At least I've missed right, it. Right, I agree. But, but nonetheless, Halloween is upon us, and we are... A large size, regular full size, size, full size, thank you, candy bar family. We always go out the full size bars, no matter what. We become very popular because of that. It puts a lot of pressure on you, though, because you never know quite how many to get. So I, I get some supplemental little candy just in case I run out. Well, the thing we found out is because there are little, little kids that come. And sometimes I remember when, when I was alone one time handing out the candy, some of the moms were saying... Can you just give them my little kids the smaller stuff? Right. You know, the real little the kids stuff, don't yeah. need the full size bars. They'll right. grow into those at some right. point, literally. That, I think that's like a bonus for parents, though. I, if I, your little kids don't want it, <clears throat> you get it. I agree, but that's why we have both now. We have the full size, and then we have some mini size. But what happens is we tend to eat all the mini size, <laughs> like we are right now. Yes. Right now, as we speak, it's it's like two weeks before. Halloween, and we are, every time we walk by the stinking candy dish, we can't keep our hand out of it. We, I find, too, that you and I together complement each other well, because the things I like uh, first dibs on, you don't necessarily go for. We have a bag that has plain M&Ms in it, M&M peanuts, Twix bars, Milky Way, and Snickers. Right. And my go-to is always the M&M peanut. Right. I do M&M regular. Yep. And I like the Snickers. And I like, like the Twix. I like the Twix and the Milky, Milky Way. Way in there as well. Right. So we do complement one another. We're a perfect bag. That, that, is, that, is, <laughs> that is very true. And the one thing that bums me out is while we're able to pick at the, the mini size candy, you hide the big bars. Yes. So I can't find them. Because that would be bad. I've done that in the past. I've Anytime got, I find, yeah. and I've left them out, I've yeah. found them open and I did. bars I did. missing. I, I admit it. I, I dip into the big bars and I shouldn't. But... Uh, listen, you know you don't have to give out the big bars just because we give out the big bars. We just like giving out the big bars because we eat them as well. Um, give out whatever you deem necessary. Just the one thing I said, I said this on my radio show for over two decades. Don't be that house. Don't give out a toothbrush. Don't give out 
an apple. Don't give out a nickel. Don't give out any. Give out candy. What do you think about giving out, giving parents small goodie bags with maybe a small bottle of wine in it? Oh, well, I'm all for I that. I think in 2020, the parents, parents could use that, it. Right? Let me so tell you what: if the parents are walking around with the kids, kids yes. they're hammered. Yeah. they're hammered already, <laughs> or they're thinking or, about or it, or they should be. <laughs> So in 2020, are you kidding me? I'd be walking around with an open flask. Right. I, uh, just I, I drinking. think if there's anything, any bone you can throw the, the parents' way this year, you should really I think, think it's about a smart it. idea because as as if I were taking kids out, I would just take a cup with me and right. you could have an open bottle of wine or now, something. Uh, that would be that, real that, trusting, dicey, huh? Yeah. yeah, here, take some of this wine that I opened up yeah. and you have no idea yeah. what I did to it. Yeah. That's really trusting. That but is if you true. know the person, it's a great thing. That is a little dicey. So if but, you're in uh, your neighborhood and know your neighbors, yeah, hey. there you go. Have a ball yeah. but but i give out candy all right this isn't your time to make a statement on you know healthy teeth give the kids the, the day to eat the sweets well, the thing, seriously the thing i always notice about our kids is it's about the hunt more than the candy itself like most of the candy ended up getting laying around in our house after right. a while like they got fatigued from it and just stopped eating it so we're now we're, we're off on a tangent now because this is what else happens and we found obviously when our kids were growing up our house was had stuff in it. Stuff Good in it. Stuff, yeah. Had chips in it. Had you know little Debbies in it. Had candy. We we had snacks. Yeah. We had the good snacks, right? And you know they always had those people in the neighborhood. And I'm not judging. I'm just saying there were others in the neighborhood where kids weren't allowed to eat. Mm-hmm. You know they weren't allowed to eat. They didn't have them in their house. Our house had nothing in it. And what we found was our kids would enjoy said snack, right. but wouldn't overindulge. No, they would enjoy they just these, learn to eat yeah. what they wanted they, to eat. They and knew then it was done. there, so they would eat it. The kids that would come over our house where their house had nothing, unloaded. Yes, they I did. mean, <laughs> unloaded on our stuff. I mean, whole boxes of stuff. Because, just standing at the pantry yes, eating stuff. Not even yeah. moving because they couldn't get it at home. So they overindulge as yeah. opposed to... You know, learning to to eat it in moderation. Again, you parent how you want to parent. Right. I'm not telling anybody how to parent. I'm just saying what went on in our household uh, growing up. Sometimes presenting it in moderation and letting right. them realize it's there and you don't have to go crazy might be a helpful yeah. thing. Yeah. But it, who knows? It worked for us. Yeah. You know what? Do you do what uh, you do? It works for you. But I just go back again to Halloween, man. Just let the kids have their night. Yep. It's you know, the one and, night. And understand if you're a parent. And you walk with your kid. When you come home and have the candy, make sure you take yours off the top. My dad used to always do that. It's only fair. I hated it. Listen, if you don't go out with the kids, if they're a little older and go out, then you don't have a right to take any of their candy. Right. Okay, you didn't, you didn't put in the work with them. You know, you could try eminent domain, say, look, look up, it's my roof, you're living under, by my rules, you owe me 10% of your candy. I didn't play that. I had to be out with the kids. And then when they, you know how kids, they come home and they dump their bag out. Right. I would I would pick off some of the candies. Now, if my kid liked the same candy as me, I, I wasn't that, that rat bastard that took that. Right. You know, I let them have their favorites. Right. right. I've mixed most emotions of the time. about it, but... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just because I'm scarred from my childhood. That is that. true. <laughs> Your dad, your dad, was, dad a, was, yeah. he was a piece he was of work. He was that rat bastard that you're talking about. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> when it comes was. When to candy, he was that guy. But, but we got really good at the kids eating some and then freezing the rest and right, saving it and right. stuff like that. So so Halloween's coming up. Everybody, obviously, the number one thing is be safe mm-hmm. uh, and have a good time with your kid. And uh, I think and we need Halloween this year more than ever. Let me tell you, we need Halloween. We need Thanksgiving. We need Christmas. And for New Year's Eve, you and I, I can't remember the last time we were awake at midnight. I plan to be hammered this year. <laughs> 
hammer this year we, to kick 2020's yes. ass out uh-huh. and start into 2021. Yes, good so riddance. I certainly look forward to that. All right, that All right. was our off the beaten path. But quite honestly, probably the most important stuff on the podcast <laughs> is is those those life things right there. Uh, we do uh, uh, grill Golic. Uh, every week, we uh, let you bring some sports questions, some non-sports questions in. Then we have a lot of things to cover as well. You know, Lakers winning the, the title, college football, all the COVID going on, the NFL, the COVID going on, and what's happening there. So things to get into, but we always like you guys to get your questions in, whether they're sports or not. And Chris, again, what's why this shouldn't be called Flying Solo, will be here to read some of these questions. So you have some? Well, I saw one that you didn't heart, but I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, uh, see, <laughs> I heart the ones that I particularly like and I'm going to answer. And you immediately go to the ones I didn't heart. Okay, it's just a quick one. Whatever. Um, Eddie Van Halen passed away yeah, um, yeah. recently, and that was a real bummer because he was a big part of my high school yeah. soundtrack, basically. And I was just wondering, are you a Sammy Hager Van Halen guy or a David Lee Roth? I'm David Lee Roth. Me too. David Lee me Roth. Me too all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it was never quite the same for me. I mean, I still like. I like him, Sammy. I, don't yeah. get me wrong; no, it's, no. it's not one of those where you liked or disliked. No, but I guess probably that emotional connection yeah. from high school when when they split up. Oh it yeah, was kind I of mean, that, listen, that was our that was, was us. Yes. I mean, that was our time. Yes, right there. You yeah. know, the hair, the hairspray, and the drums and the guitars. Yeah, man, that was Eddie Van Halen. He was one that you know, every once in a while, someone passes that rattles you a little bit. Yeah. he was definitely one of those yeah. guys. Yeah, so. it really does. Yeah. And, and you know, it just goes again to it makes you think of all the the bands that are out there still touring that we grew up with like right. we went and saw America yep. last year and oh my god they were fantastic we have tickets to go see Hall and Oats People listening to this are either loving us or going, who in the <laughs> hell are, are these people? people, right? But you know what? What concert do I want you to go to when COVID's over? Post Malone. Post Malone. You, you've I been... can't rave enough about yeah. the concert I went to right before quarantine hit. You have he been, was awesome. You've been to two. No, right? just, just one. Just one? Just With one Sydney? In Chicago, Yeah, yes. in Chicago. It, it was amazing. And Sydney went with Ben, her fiancé in Arizona. They went one they time went as well. A year yeah. before. Yeah. So, And I like post music. And I know, you know, his dad had been involved with the Dallas Cowboys, so I'd love to be able to pull off to try and get backstage Good and meet luck. him. Yeah, why not? You know what? I Give was just happy shot. to be there. be there. It was really a great show. And I, I say once quarantine's over, I want our whole family I'll to go, go together. I'll go. I, so, I, I do dig them. Yep, so I'll do that. It was that. wonderful. So. All right. You got a okay. question I actually hearted? Um, let me look here. Um, okay. Um, here we go. Um, do college players care about not playing traditional rivalry games? Our generation, 50-plus, is disappointed but not sure the current players know the rivalries um, that were around. Yeah, they, they do. Kids now care. Kids, on, you know, we sometimes we give the younger generation a bad rap that they don't care about enough. Right. But, you know, when you choose to go to a, a college... Um, you know the you. I think you know the rivalries that are involved. You go to Auburn, you know it's Alabama, vice versa. Right. You know there's Notre Dame and USC, Michigan, Ohio State. I, I mean, those were those are all the traditional rivalries, and we know what they are. But I do think kids today that go there still understand that your personal rivalry because it was interesting. Mikey and I were talking about it at one point. He despises Michigan. He that's does. His, that's his his school that he cares the most about beating. For me, I always kind of thought it was USC. Me, it was USC. It was USC. To me, it was USC. Yeah. Yes, yeah. It, but was, man, it was. He despises Michigan be, because if I didn't go to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. my next choice was Michigan. It was. Which I mean, I was already. If you're a, if you're uh, a, uh, if you're Ohio. highly recruited in Ohio, and my brother Bob started it, so blame him because <laughs> he got went into Notre Dame in '75, so he started it for us. Yeah, you're not looked upon highly 
you know, because, and, and the two big ones then were my brother Bob and Tommy Kuzno went to St. Ed's. We went to St. Joe's. Tommy Kuzno went to Ohio State, and then they ended up playing together on the Browns. Great wrestle matches, football games against one another. Um, but yeah, when I was going through the recruiting, it was Notre Dame. That's where I wanted to go, but but I would have thought long and hard about Michigan had Notre Dame not been the team, and that would not have gone over well. But I going back to the question, I definitely think guys are still understand the rivalry and get in the rivalry. But you know what? They're not going to be there this year, so you can't you can't cry about it. I mean, no. you got to go play the teams that you first off. Pray all the tests come back negative so you can have a game and then just be happy you have a game. This is one of those years where you're just happy if you can get out on the field and play. I agree. Uh, with the Big Ten season about ready to ramp up, do you think there's a team that can challenge the SEC big dogs for the title? Oh, I think the team would be Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State, when you sit there and talk about the most talented teams consistently over the last number of years, it's been Clemson, it's been Alabama, it's been Ohio State. Oklahoma's gotten into the playoffs a bunch. Of, they gotten beaten pretty badly. Notre Dame gets into the playoffs every now and then. You know, they got beat horribly by Clemson the one year. Um, but those consistent ones at the top... Uh, it was definitely Ohio State was one of those. And with Justin Fields, when he can get back on the field, and we always know what kind of a team they have and the talent they have, hell, just look in the NFL, uh, that I think that's going to be, that, that'll be a team that'll be form- formidable against them. So it's the same as it's been. Same as it ever, it's yeah. always been, yeah. yeah. Uh, what contract will uh, Dak get for the next few years? Uh, will his insurance policy cover deficit, and will the Cowboys even keep him or draft new in 2021? So for the most part with insurance policies, let me make this as as simple as as I can. For college guys that get insurance policies before they go to the NFL, um, what happens is they get get slotted by, you, you can send in to be rated. And there are people in the NFL that will rate you and tell you where they think you'll be drafted. If you get an insurance policy and then you get an injury and say you were supposed to go in the first round and you get hurt and you go in the fifth round, um, the insurance policies can make up that difference. They can help make up that difference. But for the pros, now there are different kinds. Not all do that. For the, because some, and this is where I'm getting with Dak, for Dak it would have to be he can't play again. Right, career if, if, if he can't play again, then you cash in on an insurance policy. Other than that, you know, he's just going to heal up and he's going to go play. And I think he's going to get a contract. Now, Jerry Jones loves the long contract, loves the six- and seven-year contract, monster signing bonus, and but he wanted to keep this one a little shorter. Or, or he wanted to keep this he at five. He wanted to keep it at five. Dak wanted four so Dak could kick the can again before he turned 30 gotcha. years old. I thought old. it was the other way. No, he okay. wanted four. The, the Cowboys wanted five. I think you'll still see a deal. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, Jerry Jones is happy, doesn't have to pay him. Jerry Jones isn't happy as starting quarterback, you know, you know, blew out his ankle. Um, so you, I think he'll get a deal. It may be even shorter now. See how he can come back from that. Or it certainly won't be for... The amount that that Dak was looking for, you know, maybe it'll be a lot closer to what the Cowboys were looking for. Maybe a little less right now, coming off of that. They're, they look smart for going out and getting Andy Dalton. Well, they do, they do. because Andy Dalton can care. Look at right. Nick Foles. Yeah. You know, and, and again, I think the NFC East is is horrible right now. But you see what Nick Foles did in Philadelphia. Andy Dalton has gotten the Cincinnati Bengals to the playoffs. I think in one point five years in a row. I know they never did anything in there. But he is a he is a quarterback. You always want your backup to be able to keep your team's head above water. He can probably do a little more than that. I think one of the things that helped is the fact that there is no standout team in the right. NFC East. I, I, I'm a little surprised at how quickly the Cowboys have um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? They've kind of, uh, all the injuries that they have yeah. that seem to be well, significant <clears throat> and are bringing the team down faster than I thought. The would. biggest thing there has been the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, five years ago, four years ago, that was the best offensive line in football. It was them and it was the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And both had gone down. The Raiders are starting to come back around. But now for the Cowboys, Lel Collins out. You know, Tyron Smith is now out. The only one left are those great ones. Um, uh, when Fredericks, Fredericks he uh, retired last year, is Zach Martin. Right. And Zach has had an elbow. He's had a back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of missed their window with the best line in football. Because that's never going to be... It with that group again, it's going to have to be a new group now. Whether Zach can be part of that and stay healthy as Zach continues on to a Hall of Fame career, as long as he can stay healthy enough for what he's done. But that's been the biggest downfall for them. Question for you. I mean, this is kind of just what. Are you asking your own questions? Yes, I am. I'm asking my own questions. Do you think if Zach's career ended at the end of this year, he would be in the Hall of Fame? That's a that's a wow. What is he in five, six? I, I'm not sure exactly what year it is. He's basically been an All Pro or a Pro Bowl of the I entire think this time. Is a sixth year. He is he is Hall of Fame talent. Right. With there is zero doubt about that. If it ended right now, I think it might be some time. You'd have to wait a little bit and see where he might fall in the queue of other old linemen, and at some point say, well, he's he's Hall of Fame talent. Right. I think for sure, a few more years, and, and I think it's it's uh, to me it would be a lock now. I, I think he's one of the best, one of the most technically sound linemen I've I, I the most technically sound lineman I ever played with and against, and I played against him in college when he was at Penn State and I was at Notre Dame. We were teammates in Houston, and then we played against each other when I left Houston. Was Mike Munchuk, mm-hmm. who was in the Hall of Fame, right? One of the most technically sound people I've ever played with in my life, and and, and Zach is along those lines. Gotcha. So hopefully, yep. Hopefully. Um, real quick, somebody wants to know if you'll be first in line to publicly endorse the ghost pepper spicy donut from Dunkin' Donuts. Hell no. No, I, I don't even like bacon on my donuts. I like bacon. I like donuts. I don't want that on there. I know people like the sweet and the salty stuff. Not me. And no, no, no. <laughs> I thought that you would say no. no I, I, it doesn't appeal to me in the I least. I wasn't a fan of the ghost pepper. Maybe, maybe Trey Wingo. Trey, Trey was unbelievable. When we all did this, Trey actually had another one later in the day. Mikey almost lost his life. He was in the fetal position <laughs> on the ground. Yep. Got caught, swore on, on, on air, on air. Because uh, it hurt him so bad. And I did not like that. Uh, hell's to the no on that. So no that's shot. a big no. Big no. Are the Jets making a play for Lawrence and uh, ATN? No, the, the the Jets are not. Uh, they're they're again, just doing their Trevor thing. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback, <laughs> and Travis ATN, the running back for Clemson right now. No, because they feel they have their quarterback in Sam Darnold. Yeah. I, I, I said at the beginning of the year, and even Jet fans were mad at me, and I said they have zero weapons. Zero. And they're like, oh, there's this guy. No, there's zero weapons. You're trying to get the O-line better when you, when you brought in Becton. I get it, Makai Becton. Um, but you have zero weapons, but you wanted Sam Darnold. Now you see they cut Le'Veon Bell. That was, a, that was horrific to start. Uh, well, I mean, you didn't think, but but Gase hated the number that came along with Le'Veon. Le'Veon's production was basically nil there. Um, and now he's going to sign with someone different. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but no, they weren't. Everyone talked about Jacksonville tanking for Trevor Lawrence. The Jets were trying to build with their quarterback Sam Darnold. They have a quarterback, so no, they were trying to do this. And they're, but they're going to be bad. What's interesting is the Giants and Jets could be the two worst teams in the league, or one of them, or, or both. 
And then what if one of them has a top pick? They both supposedly have their quarterbacks in Sam Darnold. And um, and uh, why am I blanking on, uh, on uh, oh, God, my God, that is just. Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes, <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Danny Dimes. Um, they both had their quarter, quarterbacks. You tell me right now that one of those teams has a first pick. I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over both of them right now. Right now. But, again, then you have to start again with that. Um, the because the rookie contracts don't don't crush you as much, and neither one of those guys has signed a long term deal. Obviously, they're selling their rookie deals, but we have time to get to that. But no, the, the Jets were not playing for that card. Arizona kind of gave everybody permission. Yes, they to did. Do it's that, exactly right. Yep, with Josh Rosen being you know a first round pick, and then the next year going for Kyler Murray, and that that move proved to work out fantastic. It did. Now, Kyler started out with like a ball of fire. That team has taken a little step back. You saw they lost to Denver or Detroit and, and Carolina. Uh, but it's still a team on the rise, no doubt about it. But you're right. They, everyone else could probably feel a little better if they had to do that because of what the Cardinals did. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have time for one more? Sure, we have time for one more. Okay, we'll go off the beaten path a little bit. Uh, best pizza toppings? Uh, for me, it's very easy. Pepperoni. I'm a pepperoni pizza guy. You don't deviate from I, I, mean, I mean, I do. I'll try other stuff. I'll try other meats and cheeses. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying I got one pizza for the rest of my life, you know, I, I, and, and I can't switch up. I'm not going to take a chance. I'm not going to roll the dice. I'm going to get pepperoni and be no know, know exactly what I'm going to get. You're always been kind of a basic guy. I am. So I am. You're, are you? Yeah. What, what do you like on, on pizza? I mean, I'll go a lot of different directions. I like things from goat cheese to you know pepperoni with you. Right. I'll do sausage. I have no problem with pineapple being on my pizza. Yeah, people that say pineapple on pizza is on a pizza. Yes, it is. You I just, just you know what? If you like pineapple on your pizza, have a ball. With we it. were we were at a restaurant the other day and they had a breakfast pizza with. Um, you know, eggs on it and like, right. yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, the breakfast sausage. I, I have no problem with that. Do you? No, not no. at all. Like I said, put anything you want on a pizza. Pizza if you is like a great it. foundation for anything. Completely I agree. Think. So let's end on this one. Oh, you got one that you wanted. I got one. I got well, to, huh? well, you're going to finish it and I'll start it. Okay. Perfect pregame meal before a game. So when I was in Philadelphia, and uh, now we'd stay in a hotel the night before a home, a home game. And my, my go-to meal would be scrambled eggs and a baked potato. So I get some protein. I get some carbs. So I have the, the burn in it. Nowadays, you know, I don't God knows. Way back in when I was in college, it used to be like steak, steak. in the morning, which is crazy. Right. It's just, it just, at least I think it is, just sits in your gut. So I would have eggs, a lot of eggs, and then I would have a baked potato. But that wouldn't be the last thing I eat before I played in the game, and you can finish the story, Chris. It was stunning. We he, we'd go to the game, and we'd go. He'd walk into the. This band. is after my pregame yeah. meal. I would go home, you know, and we drive and, together, drive to, together the game, to the game, and yeah. he would um, come into the family room with me, and there would be a tray of donuts. And I wish I knew what bakery in oh, Philadelphia made these so donuts because they were incredible. But there was always a long john, like cream filled yep. long john, and you always took it before yep. the game and. It's got to be god-awful for you. I mean, it's got to... can't be good. No, There's no, no shot no. it can be good for you. I think in the future, I would have recommended... To your future self, I would have recommended, let me wrap it up and have it after the yeah, game, yeah. in hindsight. Yeah. But Why didn't you do that? You're I, a bad wife. I don't know. You know, I figured wife. you... You know what? What do you always say to me? I'm I, a 45, I'm a 50-year-old. Yeah, I'm a 57-year-old man. Yeah. I make my, I mean, back then, I was yeah. 25. And you still would have given me the no, same No, I wasn't old enough to make my own decisions then. 
But I would eat a cream-filled donut, go on that sugar high, and at some point... Crash in the go, first quarter, crash, probably, you know, yeah. It's probably why I wasn't a good pass rusher, because of you. That was the and reason, the donuts, huh? that yeah. was it, yeah. But we would have guys, though, quite honestly, at halftime, I had new guys that ate like Hershey bars. Really? You know, at halftime, to, to kind of jack up their... Uh, I, probably horrible I would, thing I would to love do. to talk to somebody now and see what they do, like... Dur- during an yeah. NFL game, like, do right, they eat something at halftime? Right at the end of my career in 93 when I was with the Dolphins, that's when supplements started becoming bigger and bigger. You know, pregame, you know, halftime, right. you know, pregame meal and all that kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, the donut was the last thing I had when I was at Vet Stadium uh, before I went out of the field. That about sums up the career, That about sums it? up yeah. the average career, doesn't it? <laughs> Nine years of averageness because of donuts you stuffed in your oh, well, pie hole. You know what? A lot of people would take nine years at average yeah, to experience yeah. what you experience. I always say you're living the dream. You've done so many so, things that uh, people want to do. So. so you're calling me average. You know what? It's good to be average. Yeah, it's about time you go. All right. I'm yeah. gone. Take your candy. I'm taking your, my candy. Take your candy and get out. All right. That was my wife, Chris, again in this Flying Solo podcast, of which I'm not flying solo. Looking at some of the sports things going on, I have a question for everybody, and you can uh, get me um, at ESPN Golick. So the Lakers win uh, the NBA t- uh, title. And, and kudos to the NBA, to Disney World, and to the bubble, really all the bubbles that work, the Wubble uh, at IMG Academy for the WNBA. Uh, I believe it was I believe it was in Utah for the women's soccer. Uh, the MLS was also down at Disney World. Uh, the hockey uh, that was in two locations in Canada uh, for theirs. Uh, and, and what they all did in the bubbles um, really was incredible. It was a great job. There's just some sports, like I said, in the NFL, I don't think you can do. I talked last time about the possibility of maybe doing it in your hometown in hotels. But we can, we can get to that and see where it goes. But congrats to the Lakers. They win uh, the championship in the bubble. Um, I know there will be some that say there's an asterisk next to it. Fine. You know, you know who doesn't care? The players. And since I was a former player, I usually usually try and look at it from their side. They don't care. You know, they were in the bubble. And certainly they had a lot of room to do a lot of things in the bubble. But certainly they were without their families for a long time until, I believe, the second round of the playoffs. And they, it had its pros and it's had its cons. There's no doubt about that. But congrats to the Lakers. And along with that, LeBron, that was his 10th finals. And he now has four titles. So... I want to ask everybody out there, and again, at ESPN Golic, for those that think that LeBron is already better than Jordan, you know, you can chime in if you want and just say, I already think he is. For those of you that think Jordan is still the best, greatest of all time, and I, and I think that's where I still lean here, what, what would you say LeBron has to do if you believe LeBron can pass Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time, what does he have to do? Does he have to win as many titles? If he won the next two titles, that would give him six in 12 tries. That would be a 50% clip. We all know that Jordan went to six championships and won six times. Six for six. So if you think LeBron can pass Jordan as the greatest of all time, what more does he need to do from a championship level or whatever you think that he has to do? That's a question out there I'd like to hear some answers to. And also, what's going to be interesting to me, I can't wait until there's some reports out there other than a Woj bomb. And the latest Woj bomb, as as of me taping this, was Ty Lue going to be the next head coach of the Clippers. I love Ty Lue. Uh, I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, and so good luck to him. He was assistant there and taking over now as the head coach. But the reports that will come out of the aftermath of the bubble, 
I, I remember Rachel Nichols did a, a story, and and I we had her on Golica Wingo when we were doing the show, talking about all the stuff the players were ordering. The players were ordering like huge couches, full size refrigerators, because they knew they were going to be there for a few months, especially the better teams, and putting them in in their their hotel rooms. So I guarantee you, those players were not taking that stuff with them when they left the bubble. So I'd like to know where where it went, which workers got them, how and how much of their of that kind of stuff was left behind for the workers. Because the one thing that no doubt happened, because there were the same workers that usually had to come in and out of there every day. They didn't want to switch a lot of different ones that got to know a lot of the players, and I'm sure they became very friendly. And I'm sure a lot of those 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 some of those uh, Disney uh, World workers made out and got some good stuff from the players who bought some great things and just were not going to take it with them. I can't wait to hear some of those stories and how that all uh, plays out down the road, because I'm sure we will. All right, going into some of the, the, the football stuff, uh, you look at uh, the college football. I, you know, we, we hear this team is struck down with COVID. The latest has been Florida. Now the Florida LSU game has been postponed. But it always is that, uh, that incredible news when a person gets it. And probably still the most notable person in all college football is Nick Saban. And Nick Saban tested positive for COVID. But this is going to be interesting because you know Nick. Nick finds a way. All they're doing is playing Georgia this week. I mean, so what a, what a tough game that's going to be. So Nick found out, immediately left the facility, and now as he has already come out and stated, he'll have the Zoom meetings with the coaches still and, you know, be connected like virtually like he can for coaches' meetings and practices. But what if this gets to the game? What, what will Nick Saban do? How will he communicate? Because you know he will. You damn well know he will. And I'm sure after the taping of this, we're going to find out more and more. But he is going, you know, he's going to try something innovative to still be able to be as much a part of that game. If he can't be on the sideline, my wife said, put him in one of those bubbles. Put him actually like the bubble boy in Seinfeld. Put him in an actual bubble on the sideline, which obviously, you know, we're just kind of kidding, joking around. But I wonder what he will do if he is not allowed to be at the game. Or maybe not on the sideline. What does he do? What innovative thing does he do to be part of that game? Because that is a huge game. As long as that game goes on. Right now, none of the players have tested positive. It was just Nick Saban. So the people I think to really worry about are going to be his staff, especially at the staff meetings and such, uh, to see what, what may happen with some of those coaches. And, and as I've been doing college games all year, basically teams are testing players and everybody three times a week is the amount of times that uh, that college teams get tested before they figure out the travel roster or home roster for their game uh, each Sunday. And we'll, I, like I said, they're going to continue to have some postponements like Florida and LSU this week. So we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens next uh, with that. And the NFL, we know we're getting more and more COVID situations, or we have already. Uh, we're not going to have a Thursday night game this week. We have two Monday night games again. We just this past Tuesday had a game. The schedule is really kind of, you know, you have to be flexible. And kudos to Tennessee. For Tennessee to play on Tuesday after not even being able to get back into their facility for like a week and a half, two weeks, they got back in their facility on, two. uh, the game was Tuesday, the Saturday before is when they got in their facility. So they only had Zoom meetings. I know the players all tried to get together one time and they got busted for. They basically had a couple of walkthroughs 
Missed a lot of time, played a game, and looked good and won. So kudos to Vrabel for getting that team ready. It just shows, man. And as Vrabel said, listen, we can't control what's going on, you know, and, and all you can do is deal with the hand you're dealt. If we have to miss time, we can't be in our facility, then so be it. We have to make the best of it. And that is just a great example of he and his team making the best of that situation and coming out with a win. So real impressed there. As we know, again, Atlanta has come out uh, with some positive tests. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with their game. I believe they play Minnesota this week. So at, at Again, the time of this taping, which is midweek on Wednesday, uh, will the game is still supposed to go on on Sunday, but we'll have to see uh, if that happens or not when um, where the positives are and after the isolation and things like that. So uh, a lot going on uh, with there with that. As far as players and movements, a big name released. Now he wasn't having a a great time with his new team, but we all know the the history of Le'Veon Bell, who was fantastic with the Steelers, and then he sat out an entire season. Um, uh, didn't could have got fourteen and a half million dollars, but didn't play. Finally uh, signed with the Jets for a ton of money, and now the Jets just released him after the last game. He refused to talk to the media, and uh, on social media, there were people saying that he should be trade. Uh, they should trade him, and he was liking those tweets. So basically, it just became an you know untenable situation, and they ended up they, they put him up for trade, but. By saying nobody would trade for him, you know, nobody thinks highly of him is ridiculous. Nobody traded for him because you didn't have to. You knew they were going to release him, and you're only going to have to pay minimum salary for him. If you trade for him, you're picking up a monster uh, deal. Right now, the Jets still owe him $6 million. Why would you trade for him? So you know he's going to get cut. Then you could sign him for the minimum because he's still going to make his money, and that's what's going to happen. And in his time with the Jets, he played in 17 games, ran 264 times, no run more than 19 yards. He had zero 100-yard games, four total TDs, and in that time was paid $27 million. So no doubt about it, he held out for the money. Uh, He got the money, and he has been a bust because of injury and not playing very well uh, in with the Jets. So again, you know, he wanted his money, he got his money, but he certainly isn't what he was in Pittsburgh. And will he ever be that again? Well, again, as of the recording of this, um, he has he was down to three teams that he would play for. Uh, Buffalo, Miami, and Kansas City. So, you know, let, let's go with probably the most obvious one last. Uh, but you look at Buffalo, you know, where Devin Singletary is the, the running back there. He's averaging under four yards a rush. The uh, second leading rusher is Josh Allen, your quarterback. They're 28th in rushing. They certainly could use, you know, a, a great running back. But I don't know if Le'Veon Bell is that anymore. Le'Veon Bell, I think, can just be a piece to your puzzle. Not that guy, I don't think, carrying 25, 28 times a game. And you also want wanting him to catch 5, 10 or more balls out of the backfield. So I don't know if he can be counted on to be that guy. So Buffalo, not very good running the ball. Miami, they brought in Jordan Howard. Uh, who's really done nothing for them. Matt Breida uh, has basically 100 yards rushing for them. It's been Miles Gaskin who's been the main back there. Not really explosive, but he is a versatile guy. No doubt he is a versatile guy. But is that where is that where Le'Veon wants to go? certainly fit in there amongst that group and be used as a piece for a team that uh, nobody really thinks is going to go anywhere? And I'm sure Le'Veon is thinking about uh, going forward as well. 
And then the third team, again, these are the teams Le'Veon Bell has said he will sign with one of them, Buffalo, Miami, or Kansas City. Now, this reminds me of whenever there was a great player available, everybody said, oh, God, Bill Belichick's going to get him. And then he and Brady and the Patriots are going to go to another Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. And that's a lot of times what happened. Well, we know those, you know, Brady and Belichick aren't together anymore. So uh, you still think at times of Belichick doing a move like that. But now you think about that with Kansas City. My God, the Super Bowl champs. You've got you've got Kelsey. You've got uh, Hill. Uh, you've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire coming out of the backfield. I mean, you have some incredible talent and weapons, uh, three receivers on that outside to go with Kelsey and the running back. Now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he started out like a ball of fire. I do like him uh, running the ball. Uh, I really do. He does have 17 catches as well, but he's had trouble getting into the end zone. In that red zone, he struggled in there. Man, what a compliment Le'Veon Bell would be. Holy smokes. Because the one thing about rookies when they come in, at some point they can hit a rookie wall. They can. And really, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been getting all, getting way the lion's share of the carries there. So now if you could bring in a Le'Veon Bell, imagine them on the field at the same time with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey. The weapons and the threats there, one of the toughest things an NFL defense has to do is match up with a running back coming out of the backfield. And, man, what Le'Veon Bell had been able to do. Now, I don't know if he can do that anymore, but you know what? What a great time if you're Kansas City Chief player or fan to find out if he can still be a productive guy. So those are the three teams. Again, I think by the time a lot of you are listening to this, he may have already chosen. I, I just see the natural fit with Kansas City, put him in that backfield and watch this team uh, continue to go. I think that uh, that would be absolutely uh, incredible with what they do. Looking at games coming up uh, this week as we as we move ahead, uh, I think one of the biggest ones to keep an eye on, I'm not going to go through every single game, but one of the biggest ones I think to keep an eye on is going to be Cleveland at Pittsburgh. So, so Cleveland did all that work in the offseason and through the draft on the offensive line on more weapons for Baker Mayfield, where we all said, okay, Baker is all set. To succeed, if he doesn't, if if this team doesn't succeed, especially offensively, that's going to be on Baker, and we're going to find out Baker's not the quarterback of the future for the Cleveland Browns. And man, it started out bad for him, didn't it? It, it started out bad for Cleveland. You thought, uh oh, here we go. He is not the guy. But man, they have been playing well ever since. They have been playing extremely well, and now you get the test with a Baltimore team that's still just to the loss, but down a little bit. We have their offense. We got some some real issues with uh, uh, Lamar Jackson's passing. You know the the completion percentage has been has been pretty bad. They don't look right now like the team they were last year in Pittsburgh with Ben back. And we know the receivers he had. Then you add in Chase Claypool, the rookie from Notre Dame, who's been fantastic. So this is the test for Cleveland, and Cleveland's on the road in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not saying Cleveland has to go out and win this game while there are no, no moral victories. I get it. But let's. this is a great barometer test of where they are. You know, and if Baltimore is going to be down a little bit and they compete strongly with Pittsburgh, where is Cleveland in this mix? I think this is a monster week, a monster week for the Browns. I think Pittsburgh's going to win this game, but I, I really can't wait to see how the Browns compete in this game. And I think another, obviously, a big game is, and it's always the names, Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady. I'm amazed. I think they've only squared off against each other three times in their long career, somewhere in that area. I think I saw somewhere this week. Green Bay is going to Tampa Bay. 
And Aaron Rodgers blows me away. I mean, and here's a dude that looks for any kind of of chip on his shoulder. I'll say again, Greeny and I were doing the draft for ESPN Radio the year Alex Smith went first and Aaron went in the 20s. And I had said I had been going back and forth with Merrill Hodge a bunch that year. Merrill said Alex should have been. I said I said Aaron Rodgers was without question the best um uh the best quarterback in that draft. But Alex Smith did go first and and Aaron went in the 20s to the Green Bay Packers. And Aaron was there at that draft and we got to interview him Greeny and I and he came and sat down with us. I I don't think I've ever seen a guy so mad who still got drafted in the first round than Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we were literally trying to cheer him up by saying, Aaron, man, you just went in the first round. He was so ticked off that he didn't go number one and got passed over by so many teams uh, that he he is a guy from that moment, you could tell, always looked for a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, this year they draft a quarterback in the first round. Same thing when he got drafted in the first round, Brett Favre was still playing. So he, you could use that as a chip. They didn't get any weapons for him in the trade or in free agency uh, at all. And yet all he does is he's having another, you know, right there at the top of the, the names of MVP this season and what he's doing as their team is undefeated. So it's a guy you can never count out playing extremely, extremely well. And I, I think a way to end this is is to... Just, I think, a tip of the cap and a holding of the breath. Um, Alex Smith. Uh, so I just talked about him. Obviously, he went number one in that draft to San Francisco. But Alex Smith, and if you haven't seen the documentary uh, that our Stefania Bell had done about um, talking about the injury and all he went through, not only with the infection and the possibility of losing a leg, but losing his life and the time off and, and never even, I mean, none of us ever thought he would play football again. And just the gruesome injury that it was and the rehab that he went to. And then to find out at the beginning of the year, he's actually on, you know, the active roster, you know, and you're like, okay, all right. Did he answer all those questions? Because I get that as a player. You never want an injury to end your career. You always want to prove to yourself and to others, I can come back from this. I can play from this. I will not let this injury beat me and cause it to be the end of my career. So from that side of it, I get it. Because, man, the first thing, and in, in you play long enough, you go through injuries that keep you out and you have to rehab. And the first thing you, re- you think is, I am going to rehab so hard and come back better than ever. That's the initial thought. And then you go through the rehab and you go through, the obviously, the ups and downs. Something a guy like Dak Prescott is getting ready to go to and others that have been lost for the season. You know what's in front of you and there are so many ups and downs. I can't even fathom the ups and downs that Alex Smith went through. I mean, again, almost losing his life, almost losing his leg, and now back out on the field again. I, I When Dwayne Haskins got benched, and then he wasn't even at the game because he had an illness, and Allen was going to play, uh, and I thought, okay. And then, and then you saw him run a sideline play and get hit in the head, and you thought, oh, my God. You know, what, what, what's happening? How can this guy be hurt? Right now, because you know Dwayne Haskins wasn't there, so you knew uh, that uh, uh, that Alex Smith had to be next up in line. So, I mean, that just had to be a devastating, devastating thought uh, for those out there thinking, this guy has to come onto the field because Kyle Allen just tried to make a run and put his head down, got hit in the head, and now he's done. They took a shot 
of Alex Smith's wife. And when he came in, you could tell he was looking up at them. He and the kids, again, because everybody was socially distanced or barely anybody in the stands, you could easily pick out your family. They stood up and were cheering for him. When he got in that huddle and they took a shot at her, I swear I thought she was going to throw up. She had her hands in her head like almost she couldn't believe. Like she was happy for him, but so nervous, scared. I don't know what was going through her mind. As I know I was as a a former player, and I'm sure a lot of people were, was like, man, I wish he does well. I so hope he does well. But God, don't let him get hit. Don't let him start running around. Don't let anybody touch him. You know, and you start to think on the defensive side of the ball. They all know the story. If you rush him and get a shot at him, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to tell you, you're going to hit him. You're not going to like purposely dive at his leg or anything like that, but you're going to sack the quarterback. You're going to hit the quarterback. That's your job to do, and you have to do it. But I guarantee you, when he came running out there, even players on the other team, the Rams, were thinking, wow, you know, this guy is really back on the field. So, I was holding my breath. I was nervous, but wanting him to do so so well. And when he, again, you knew because that old line for Washington is not very good at all. You knew he was going to get hit. And, and um, of course, it was Aaron Donald uh, who hit him and sacked him first, got him a couple times, I believe, in that game. And he took some hits. So that, and that's the one thing you want to find out you can do when you come back from an injury is can you take a hit, you know, on that injury? Uh, and he was able to. And, and I know... Uh, that uh, Kyle Allen is supposed to start again uh, this week. But, you know, is Alex Smith going to get back on the field again? You know, all I know is, man, I I, I was so happy for him and so nervous for him. But that was one of the very, just seeing him after all he had gone through, and I can't express again if you haven't seen it, to, to check it out, all he went through, to see him running back onto the field to get into the huddle in a live football game again was was absolutely incredible and something that he said he wanted to do to show his kids that you can do anything with enough hard work. So, I mean, while the game of football is great, what you can do for your family uh, through your determination and your, and your work ethic is pretty damn impressive. So I can't think of a better way to end the podcast than singing the praises of Alex Smith and what he has done after what he has been through. So again, uh, this will be under the Sorry in Advance Golic Family Podcast under that umbrella, wherever you can get, get that podcast. Uh, you, you will be able to hear this, uh, subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. And, uh, we'll do another flying solo very, very soon. Thanks for listening.